0: This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to (laughs) do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree (laughs) on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio, with thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender, here's Todd Bergath. Thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today on these Thursdays. The voice of the Golden Gophers and the sports director at MNN, Mike Grimm, joins us. Grimmer, thanks for joining us. Uh, Glad to have you back in. State from your trip over to Michigan for the Gopher Bowl game, a nice win uh, for the Gophers. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good for the program. I mean, I realize it's not the Rose Bowl, uh, but anytime you win games on national television, raises your profile, good for the program.
1: Yeah, no, no question. I mean, let's face it; it beats losing, right? It That's beats losing right. in that game. So, <laughs> so the the option it isn't like, hey, here are the options. You uh, you can go to the Rose Bowl. You can go to the playoffs. You can do this. Um, So, you know, you pick your battles, and and, um, this was the battle that was given. And, again, much of it brought upon yourself by We mentioned this in the broadcast, talked about it last week. Um, The reason that they were in this game was um, because they had a really poor November, 0-4. When they were heading into that month, things were on a high note. They had just beaten uh, Iowa on the 21st. They had then handled Michigan State in a game that wasn't as close as the score, I didn't think. And it looked like, all right, they're in business, and then they go 0 and 4 in November, and five and seven on the season, and then the academic piece put them into the bowl game. So at that point, okay, um, that is where you're at. What's the goal? And the goal is to win, and um, and they did so. And I thought the second half it was a fairly convincing uh, win. Again, maybe um, you know it ends up being a six point win, but I thought they they played uh, in the second half you know well enough that um, that that score was a little deceiving. I thought I thought Minnesota was clearly the better team, but Look, you're against a bowling green team that's uh, that's not the Mac champion, so you should be if you're if you wanna be where you wanna be. So they did what they should have done.
0: Yeah. And Cole Kramer did what he needed to do too. You know, that it was a short passing game. It was almost like long handoffs, many of those uh, passes yeah. he was throwing, but but you know, he didn't he didn't lose the game. He helped the team. He account- accounted for three touchdowns, you know, for his, his only start of his career. Good for him.
1: No doubt about it you know they they um I thought that they used what they could um in terms of um you know their offensive game plan was not real um uh complicated, particularly in the third quarter i mean in the third quarter um, and I have not uh you know taken a deep dive into it but um, uh, I'm I'm sure that uh, those offensive linemen must have been challenged because boy did they come out in that third quarter and just dominate the yeah. trenches. Holy cow, they just, I mean, they just rolled through, and there wasn't really much of a need to put Cole Kramer through much of a test. And then they ran kind of, um, you know, I, I wouldn't call it a trick play, but I thought that touchdown to Jamison Gears, the tight end, was was well designed. It looked like it was going to be one of those famous tush pushes where the tight ends line up behind. One of the tight ends, in fact, the tight end that lined up behind the quarterback was Jamison Gears. It looked like he was uh, poised to push, and then as the snap went, he took off to the flat to the right. The quarterback followed him right there. Um, They came to tackle the quarterback, so he threw it to the tight end, and it's a touchdown, and it's a pretty creative, I think, play. And I'm sure, um, and maybe it's been used before. I don't watch every game all the time, but, Um, And, you know, it's it's possible that they they saw that idea from somebody. But I'll tell you this, after seeing how Minnesota pulled it off, there'll be other teams that will use that play out of that formation for sure because it uh, it worked well, and Cole Kramer did a nice job of putting the ball uh, where it needed to be caught.
0: I I got to admit, I had kind of forgotten how good Darius Taylor is. You know, it had been a while since we had seen him. You referenced the November swoon they kind of had. Well, that was without Darius Taylor. Uh, He looked terrific. What he does so well is he's patient approaching the hole, and then he gets through it really quick. And he's, he's able to make himself small if he needs to and big if he needs to. 100%.
1: Hundred percent, you hit it. That's a great scouting report. You're exactly right. I mean, he, um, I mean, there were a couple times where the patients almost got to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right? Like he just stood there for a minute. Yeah, you know, and obviously it's not a minute, but you know, in, in football terms, you get the handoff, you don't have much time, and he just, you know, in in the wildcat too, right? He would fake a yep. handoff, he'd get the direct snap, fake the handoff, and then he'd stand there for almost a full second, which in in you know in football terms, that's a long time. Yeah. Most of the point, you're like, dude, do something, and then the next thing you know, he's, you know, 15, 18 yards downfield. You're like, okay, never mind. You you know what you're doing. I'm just standing here. Um, But yeah, you're right. Um, The patience was incredible. The line did a great job, and then um, you're right. He um, Daryl talked about this in the broadcast. My partner Daryl Thompson about um, he has learned early now, and you know, just one year in, he saw even improvement from. Uh, back when he was playing in October, pad level, like you said, you get small yep. and, and um, run over a guy. Um, and, and sometimes you get big by getting small, right? You lower your shoulder pads and you mm-hmm. shrink down, and then you just barrel into a guy and get extra yards. And um, the other impressive part is his footwork is he had one run where he's just dancing and, um, you know, and I, I – I, PJ always says, uh, comparison, comparisons steal your joy. I'm a, I'm a cop guy. I like to compare. I like to say that reminded me of this or that. And, um and Todd, you're, you you and I are in the same generation. I mm-hmm. thought they were, look, and I'm not trying to put this kid Darius Taylor in the Football Hall of Fame, but I grew up, um, uh, you know, and I'm going to whisper this because Vikings fans listening, will be <laughs> mad. I'm not a fan of this team any longer, but <laughs> I grew up a Tony, Tony Dorsett guy, right? <laughs> sure. And I love Roger Stallback. I went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame about 15 years ago, and I took one picture, and that was me standing next to Roger Stalbeck. Really? The not, right. not, not, not the actual Roger Stalbeck. Oh, sure, but yeah. So when, when, I, when, I, yeah, when I was in Fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, um, that was my team. And then, you know, I kind of uh, – weird enough, they made the Herschel Walker trade and started winning, and Tony Dorsett got put on the sideline, and Roger Staubach retired, and I lost interest. And i am I'm not a huge – uh, you know I actually now in Minnesota I like the Vikings anyway uh, long story uh I I thought there were a couple runs it just reminded me of the way Tony Dorsett runs yeah. he, you know just has that footwork a dancer um you know he he uh you know he'll stand there and kind of stand in place with his feet for just a tick and then boom he's off and so yeah he's he's um he really had a nice game and you're right it does remind you that November could have been uh, infinitely different had uh, he
0: he been around for yeah sure. I mean, he had he had two games that were close to 200 yards, three straight hundred yard yeah. games. The only reason he didn't have four straight hundred yard games is he went out with his injury uh, mid game against Iowa, correct? And then has had yeah. been out since then, which was way back in since October.
1: And, and look, those hamstrings we saw it with Justin Jefferson. You know, that's yeah. a that's a that's a dumb Tricky. injury. I mean, those yeah, because you got you're not sure when to come back, and if you come back too early, um, then you're done done. And, um, you know, did he come back too early in that Iowa game? I, I don't know enough about it. But I think, didn't JJ, uh, Justin Jefferson, I think he missed seven games, he right? He did. So it's, um, it's not like, um, oh yeah, you just, you know, put some, uh, you know, some, uh, whatever, Ben Gay on it and go. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a deal that, it, it's a frustrating one because it's not, it's not a broken leg. It's not a torn ACL. You can walk, you can jog, um, you feel like you can play. I mean, I watched Darius Taylor in practice, not practice, but jog the sidelines for four weeks. And I'm like, why can't this guy play? Yeah. He's jogging. And the answer is because jogging's a lot different than Big Ten football. And <laughs> so, you know, eventually they, they uh, have to determine when he can go. And I'm glad he went because, quite honestly, um, there was a part of me that was a little fearful. Because you're like, man, this game, they're 5-7. and seven. What's the big meaning in the game, not much? much and boy it would be tragic if he played and then suffered a real injury you know and you know uh, you know something and so thank goodness he didn't um I'm glad that uh, he got to play in his hometown and had a big game a career high and the Gophers got the win
0: yeah the only thing was uh Dragan needs to be taught how to reach the football out toward the goal line (laughs) not land on your hind end and then stick the football out you can see he's not quite used to running with the football
1: he um, he got yeah, he tripped over the guy um, and then instead of getting that leg back down he he landed on his on his tail end. <laughs> I actually think Todd, I really do, and I don't, I you know I've you know I've I've uh, yeah had some fun at the the uh, talking about officiating over the years, but I really think that he that he scored it. I really do oh you did think okay. He did watch
0: yeah.
1: when he when his bottom hit, I do think the ball it only has to be on that front tip of the end zone. Yeah, but they called him down, and I agree with—I agree that they couldn't have overturned it. I—I I, I had no issue with that. It was so close, it was tight, because um, he did reach it as he hit, and I think they did show one freeze frame where when he hit, it looked to me like the ball was right at the front of that end zone. But I don't think—I don't think—I uh, don't have a big issue with them not overturning it because it didn't seem to be. To, you know, just a hundred percent clear. Like, like if I had to totally bet, I'd say I think he scored. But yeah. I'm okay that they didn't overturn it. Much like the the touchdown that um, the Bowling Green scored, that tight one where the guy you weren't sure if his shin or his ankle were down before yeah. the ball went. They gave it a touchdown. I don't think you could overturn it either way. Had they ruled him short, I think they would have kept that. So it is what it is. But, yeah, uh, Kasich has been begging for two years to to get a fake. Okay. And and the weird thing is, you know, PJ is very close to the vest during the season. I don't remember a lot of trick plays in the regular season. But, boy, he gets to the bowl game, and they got, you know, last year – um they did a fake two-point conversion on the first uh i'm sorry that was two years ago in arizona they did a fake two-point conversion on the first touchdown to get brock aniksted who was not the normal holder but they slid him in he was the holder and um and he got the snap and then he ran the ball in for for a two-point conversion after the first touchdown if you remember daniel Fa'alele scored a touchdown in fact that might have been on faolele's touchdown i I think it was i think the the, the touchdown for him followed then the, the, the two-point trick. Last year they had the fake, um, in, in New York City, they had the fake reverse on the kickoff, which turned out to be a pivotal play in the game. Redding faked a handoff on a reverse and then kept it and had like a 70-yard kick return that set up Daniel Jackson's touchdown, which pretty much cinched the uh Cinch of the game, so he has done some, some stuff in bowl games despite not doing much during the regular season, and and I think that that's kind of fun that that um, he you know he's like what the heck let's yeah. have these, give these guys some fun, and so Kessich has been begging for a fake. I think the play originally is designed for him to throw it, but it was covered, and ah. and and he is a good athlete. Um, he was a great soccer player growing up, and uh, which is part of why he's obviously a good kicker now, um, and he's got a really good arm. Um, but I think, I think his um, his running. Uh, you're right. Needs some work. That's for sure. <laughs> just
0: just to reach the ball out toward the goal line a little more is exactly. all I'm asking. Uh, yeah, that, that that was certainly entertaining. So you know, uh, college football teams start losing players. Uh, to the portal, and two, uh, they don't want to play in the bowl game because of the NFL draft, and I I can't uh, question that. You know, the guy's future is in front of him, and, and, uh, you know, if you're in the playoff, you got to play. But if you're outside of that, I'm fine with that. But now losing players into the portal – Can't they do something? I'm sure they have their reasons that the portal window is open when it is. There's two uh, seasons almost for the portal window. Yeah, But it seems like that's a strange time to have it. Right after the season, before the bowl games, all these teams losing their players to the portal too. I wish they could do something about that.
1: Yeah, it's weird because I think they want, I think coaches want it then because they want to know what they have heading into spring. Ah. And I think players also would tip their hand anyway because just as an example, let's say, you know, um, all mid-America conference, uh, I'll use bowling green. This is a made up example, but let's say bowling green linebacker Todd, uh, you know, wants to, what he wants to really challenge himself and transfer to a Big Ten team because he's all conference and ready to go. Um, you're probably then, if that's the case, not going to risk injury in sure. the Motor City Bowl, right? Yeah, and yeah. so I think they decide, look, we're gonna let's just get this out of the way now. And it does, you know, muddle up the bowl picture a little bit. And that's, you know, the the Gophers have won seven straight bowl games, five straight under Fleck, you know. And you know, I mean, it, it is something to hang your hat on. I think there's some luck involved, but I also do think that Fleck has been. Really good at keeping things fresh and interesting and getting guys excited to play i mean let 's face it they 're five and seven they had a terrible November. Um, there are going to be some teams in that situation that really aren 't going to be that interested in in playing hard or really wanting to be there and fleck is is really good at creating an interest at creating a freshness at creating an excitement. And is that the only reason they've won all five bowl games, he's coached? No, of course not. But I do think in bowl season, especially with what you described now, with transfer portal, NFL guys, all that stuff, um, and particularly when it's an evenly matched game. You know, it's one thing, like Ohio State's going to have like 20 guys that normally play, not play, um, whenever they play, is that Friday night? Tomorrow night, I think, when they play in Missouri. And Missouri was a pretty good team in the SEC. I'm going to be real interested to see how Ohio State responds One, they just may have sheer talent enough to, one, make it a game, and two, to win it. Um, But, you know, you lose that kind of manpower, and I could see how a team would just say, geez, let's just go get our bag of uh, goodies from the bowl game and some nice dinners and call it a day. And Fleck has been able to, um, you know, and not always the greatest, you know, it's not the Rose Bowl, it's not the playoffs. I mean, you're New York City, you're Detroit um, you know, you're playing at nine o'clock in Phoenix against West Virginia, who brought 80 people, you yeah. know, to in the, you know, it's not always that easy. And he's been able to get these guys to play because I thought th- there were some clear examples. I thought Bowling Green definitely wanted to be there. They played hard. They were good. They yep. Could have won the game. But I thought, you know, the, the Georgia Tech game, Georgia Tech really didn't want to be mm-hmm. in Detroit. I can tell you that. You could see it. But West Virginia and Phoenix, I didn't think West Virginia looked all that interested. The Gophers were. And consequently they've won all five games under Fleck.
0: Yeah. Not so easy to do, uh, to inspire those guys to play uh one more game, uh, even if it yep. even if it is a, a bowl game. So uh, gophers that are leaving the team this year to go to the NFL, is there a possibility of some guys getting drafted?
1: Yeah, so there's no doubt, right? Tyler Newbin's gonna get picked. The mm-hmm. question is, there there is some debate. You know, some people say he's a first rounder, some people say you know, his play dwindled as the season went on. Um but I think, you know, the, the now the way they have the draft set up, they it used to be first day pick was a you know, first, second or third rounder. Well now they only have the first round on the first day so it becomes becomes a little confusing. So uh, using the old standard of a first day pick first, second or third round, I think that's where he'll be. He's going to be a first, second, or third rounder, and um, he'll sign a nice contract. And um, I think he'll be a good NFL player. Then after that, Brevin Spanford, the kid out of St. Cloud, um, certainly did not have the production he was hoping for in his last year of football. He did not come back to... I don't know what he had, 20-some catches is all. I thought he would, you know, in preseason, you and I talked about him. I, I had him on maybe a 60-catch season yeah. just for whatever reason. The offense was choppy. Um, the quarterback play was okay. I think the game plans were just okay at times in terms of what, it, it, it for Brevis Man four, it doesn't mean that the game plans were, were bad, but they just didn't incorporate him that often. Right. And so I think a year ago at this time, coming off of the New York City Bowl game, I think we were like, yeah, that kid's going to get drafted, no question about it. Um, he had a series of drops early in the year that does not help your NFL draft draft status, and he is as good of a kid as we as, as I've interviewed over the course of time. So he's going to be really good in the um, in the um, you know preseason, or the uh, pre-draft interviews with teams, um, and then they're going to have to decide what they believe on film. Was it? Span Ford of previous years or Span forward in that four- or five-game stretch early this senior year where he had drops and did not play very well. So will he get drafted? He's got the size and the speed. He's 6'7", seven, seven. He can run, jump, do all those things. So he's got... He'll be in a camp. Clearly, probably will get drafted late. And then you've got some others. Nathan Bowe, who did stay and started at center, he did not opt out. Um, I think you could see him in a camp. Who unlikely to get drafted. Mm-hmm. Chris Altman Bell did opt out. He's training. Um, you know, and his only hope—he like, will not get drafted. His only hope is to, you know, get into one of these mini camps and impress somebody. And we saw NFL caliber talent with him you know over the course of his time it was just unfortunate that it was mixed in with so much injury stuff and yeah. um he also did not have a great statistical year as a senior so we'll see where he goes and there, there, there's some other guys that might you know cory crooms is going to be in a camp i doubt he makes a team um he played in the game tuesday so yeah there, there'll be some guys but newbin and span Ford are are the two headliners of people we keeping an eye on
0: heading into the draft. Grimmer, thanks so much. Uh, We'll move into talking hoops here, I guess, uh, for the winter. Look forward to that next week.
1: Yes, sir. Look forward to it. Thank you. Always enjoy it, Todd.
0: Voice of the Golden Gophers, Mike Grimm on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender.